Alrighty, what is going on guys and welcome to the Rad Lab, a podcast found on delving deeper into topics to help you become a better athlete. It's a platform for athletes, coaches and clinicians from our community to share their stories and experiences to give you guys a better idea of how you can become the best version of yourself. My name is Liam. I'm a strength and conditioning coach here at RAD and I'm delighted to have you guys along for the ride as we share this journey towards further understanding the world of human performance. Now, this is the first episode in the lab and I'm absolutely stoked to introduce the founder, director, the main man himself, Chris Radford, as a first guest on the podcast. Chris, welcome. Thanks, Hacey. Thanks for having me along. Very excited. Absolutely stoked. So, obviously, Chris, we sit here in the lab today um, and just beside us there through those walls is what many have described as a state-of-the-art facility Um, but as many people may not know that's actually not how it all started Um, and we have the man himself here today to share the story of Rad um, right from its very inception to where we are today. Um, Obviously we've got an incredible space with some incredible athletes, um, some pretty rocking staff as well if I do say so myself. I was going to say the team that here as well is a big part of it for sure too. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so we'll go through just everything um, that you've got for us today, um, the whole story, but I like to start the story at the very beginning. Sure thing. Um, so to kick things off, I'd, I'd love to ask you um, why sports science? Why sport? Um, what was the draw for you um, as a career choice? Yeah, definitely. Well, I suppose go back to school. Um, so originally from Horsham, um, went through yeah, Horsham College and school there. And as a part of that, um, volleyball was my main sport. Um, we were, yeah, had a pretty good team going through um, and then yeah, I was really passionate about um, PE, um, enjoy biology and that sort of thing um, and yeah, got to the end of year 12, sports science is sort of the, the logical choice to then go and further my studies um, and particularly with a, a bit of a passion around because um, I'm not very tall in volleyball when you're short, you're, it's not a good advantage. Um, so I was, a, I was really interested in how I can improve my vertical jump. That was a big thing. Mm. Um, so yeah, Came to uh, University of Ballarat um, to study exercise and sports science. Um, wasn't really sure where I wanted to go with it, um, but just knew, yeah, had a passion for sport um, and how can I you know, help myself get better, but more importantly, because I'm uh, a caring person, I like helping people as well, how can I help other people get better? Um, and that's probably also, I was never going to be a very good athlete. Um, so how can I help other athletes be really good, I guess? Um, and then through the university degree, um, through all the different placements that I was, um, yeah, undertook, um, yeah, got more and more interested in strength and conditioning. Um, and the big one was, uh, the great Scott Telpy. Um, so I met Telps early, um, in my uni studies. Um, and from at the time he was the head S and C for the Ballarat Miners, um, who play in the, in the NBL one basketball competition. Um, yeah, Scott sort of took me along, showed me what he does for a job. Um, and sort of from there, that was, that was a key moment where I was like, yeah, I really want to do this. Um, another key moment was in, I reckon it was in second year, you had to interview someone uh, in your dream job. Um, and I had a, a connection um, with Jared Wade and Jared at the time was one of the conditioning coaches at uh, the Geelong Cats. So I went down, um, interviewed Jared, sort of got to see what he did and I was like, yeah, this is, this is really cool being a part of a, a professional sporting environment. And so once again, just sort of further highlighted the, the pathway I wanted to go down um, yeah, so continued along. The other key placement that I did in my third year as my major placement at uni was with the with the North Ballarat Rebels um, in the TAC under eighteen competition. I, I was lucky enough to get a um, an assistant strength and conditioning job role there, 
Um, well, actually, sorry, go back. In my second year, I did a, a sports trainer placement um, with North Bar at City um, in the local level competition, which is really good. Got an insight into um, you know some of the medical side of things and what it's like being a, a sports trainer and being a part of a club. And yeah, then the stepping stone was um, into that strength and conditioning space uh, with the Rebels. Finished uni um, and then looked at the research pathway. Um, so I did an honours year um, and Scott was actually one of my supervisors um, through my study um, and the study was looking at how to maximise um, power output in a jump squat. So that sort of circles back to, yeah, that that personal interest of yeah increasing my own um, power output. Mm. Um, and yeah, through that, I uh, was then also the head strength and initiative coach with the North Ballarat Rebels. Um, yeah, finished my honours year. I then I worked full time at the uni, uh, managing the the pool uh, and and the gym out there, um, and yeah, continued down the the strength and conditioning side of things. Um, so I did uh, the strength and conditioning with the Ballarat Pride, um, who were the netball club that played in the um, state league competition. Uh, then progressed to the North Ballarat Roosters. Um, where I was an assistant for a year and then in the head role for, for two years. Um, and off the back of that, um, then in 2017, um, I got a job with the Western Bulldogs um, down there as the, as the VFL high performance manager. 2018, then got involved in the AFL program. That's happening in 2019. Um, and since then, so since 2020, um, I've been full-time in the business I suppose that's when we sort of yeah, – do, do you want me to circle back to the sort of the kickoff of the business side of things? Yeah, I would, would love that. Um, I think it's – yeah, obviously from a personal perspective yourself, um, there's clearly been, you know, that progression, you know, year to year. Um, and yeah, obviously for a lot of people who don't know, that's probably been a pretty similar thing for the business. It's been almost yes. exponential. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so um, in terms of, yeah, timelines and, and whatnot. So if we go back to 2015 – um, so this was when I was an assistant strength and conditioning coach with the North Ballarat Roosters. Um, uh, my a girlfriend at the time, um, who's now my wife, um, we were living in a house that had a, a single car garage at the back um, with yeah just a dirt floor um, and a really long driveway leading into it. Um, and I sort of yeah put the idea that I wanted to to buy some equipment. Um, so yeah, jumped on Gumtree and uh, and spent uh, two and a half grand on a on a rack. Bar, plates, and some rings, I think, was in there. Mm. Yeah, a guy was, was selling it in Geelong, and that was the, the first pieces of equipment. And some of it is still in the gym now, actually. The OGs. Yep, so those black plates on the leg presses, they've been here since the beginning. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, 2015, we'll set up in the, in, the, in the single car garage. We actually got some old carpet that someone was throwing out. Um, so that was the floor. Um, and then I went to Clark Rubber and got it some AstroTurf and, and that went down. That We had a, it was about a 25 meter drive, 25 meter long driveway. Mm. So the turf went down the driveway. Um, and yeah, so it was my, yeah, initially it was just myself operating out of the, out of the little garage and it was just me. Yeah. It wasn't even a business. It was me trying to get better myself um, and just inviting some mates over. Mm. Um, their mates told their mates and. It kind of sort of yeah, has gradually grown from there, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so 2015 was the single car garage. 2016, we moved house and it just so happened to have a, a four-car garage. Um, that was definitely a key factor in uh, Jess and I moving into that house. Um, yeah, so moved into there, set up um, the gym there. And in that space, we then really lashed out. I got a new rack. Oh, Saved up for a long time for that. Um, a cable machine. 
Um, and that was our base for, for about two and a half years. And we set up in the little garage and, um, yeah, athletes would come to the front of the house. They'd walk down this little side alley. It's pretty dodgy when you think about it now. <laughs> Walking down the side alley, um, in the side gate, um, and, yeah, come into the garage and, we, and we'd do our workouts in there, mm. um, which, which was awesome. Um, some really cold mornings and, and hot nights because it was yeah, literally just a little tiny little tin shed. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, super convenient being able to walk out your back door and straight into, into work. Uh, that was also the first place we had um, our first employee. Um, so Liam Tao was our first employee. Um, and then uh, Tim Welsh was uh, was not long after him. Um, and so Welsh has been with us yeah, for that five yeah, five years, I reckon. Yeah, long time. Nearly the time for long service leave. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it was really cool working in the garage. And I can't forget our dog too, so Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he, he would follow me around everywhere and, and loved uh, being a part of it all. So we were in the four-car garage for about two and a half years and, and a business kind of got to a point. And one of the points where we knew we had to do um, – had to expand was was Jess didn't know who all these people come to our house were. Um, and not that she was ever worried or anything, but there's all these strangers walking through her backyard, didn't really know, you know, are they coming to the gym or is this a dodgy person <laughs> just rolling through? Um, and so that was sort of one of the triggers – um, and we're also getting busy, obviously, mm. um, to, to look for a bigger space. And we've been looking for a long time. Um, and then in 2018, um, we moved into a, a warehouse um, in Wendery, uh, which used to be an old um, dent repair mechanic type place. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to do a, a fair bit of work. Mm. Um, but yeah, moved into there, set up in a, in a really cool space. Um, and we were there for three and a half years. In that period, our, our team just kept growing. Um, as the demand kept growing as well. Um, and then yeah, 2020, December, pretty much exactly today, actually, hey, see, 12, 12 months ago today, we moved into our uh, yeah Unreal Precinct here um, attached to Selkirk Stadium um, in Wendery um, and our team. Yeah, so we now have 16, 16 people on the team uh, from a staffing point of view um, across yeah, strength and conditioning, physiotherapy, dietetics, um, and some administrative help as well. Mm-hmm. Um and that sort of I'll probably rambled a little bit, but that's that's the that's yeah. the story of it all. Ah, awesome. Um, I'd like to have a chat about um, the different sort of parts of the industry that you've gotten into through Rad itself. But just before that, um, something that really stood out to me from there was obviously um, you know it's always good to to start a business. It's always exciting. Um, it's probably quite nerve wracking, um, but particularly so when you are sort of doing that by yourself. So going out, you know, by yourself, putting yourself out there. That's obviously really challenging. Um, talk to me about the the support that you had from, say, uh, so Jess. Obviously, yep. that's a, that's a massive factor. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, tell me about how that sort of worked with your with you guys, your relationship there, obviously, for you to say, this is what I want to do. Um, her clearly, obviously, I'm sure being very supportive yep. about it. Um, but how did that dynamic sort of change over time? Yeah, well, I suppose at the start it was very much um, – you know, we were just taking cash in hand and, and it was more of a hobby than anything, I suppose. Um, but when it got to the point where I wanted to step away from full-time work at the university and that sort of thing, that was when, you know, Jess and I had a conversation around. So she was working as a, a nurse, yeah, nurse at that time. And then she became a midwife. Um, and it was, yeah, look, I won't lie. It was actually was a really tough for probably 12 or 18 months where we pretty much relied on Jess's income. Um, anything that came in from the business We'll just stay in the business. Um, I think, yeah, for the first, at least the first 12 months, I don't think I draw 
drew out more than probably $400 a week. Um, everything else would just go back in. Um, and so that way, you know, we could just gradually build up all of our equipment that we wanted. Um, so, yeah, it would just be work hard, work hard, save money. I really want a cable machine. Yep, go buy the cable machine. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I would not have been able to do it without um, just both as a partner but also as a – she was the breadwinner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so particularly in that early phase, um, yeah, it was – yeah, we, we would not be here um, if we hadn't gone through that. Um, at the same time, that was when, you know, you, you really hustle um, and just do whatever you can to to make things work, I suppose. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't easy, but we wouldn't be what we are now without it, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, so, yeah, back on track to where we were. So, obviously, starting out um, just by yourself um, in the garage and then as you sort of grow with the business, obviously more people coming on board, which also means uh, more skills that you have access to. Yep. Um, so different things that you can sort of take control of there. Um, so obviously starting off as mainly SNC injury rehab, um, but now we sort of have um, a lot more to offer here you know, at the Rad Centre where we are right now. Um, yep. Obviously we've got our SNC, we've got injury rehab, um, physiotherapy, dietetics. Um, was this something that you were sort of always looking to get into um, or is it something that sort of just almost fell into place with the progression of RAD itself? Uh, it's probably a bit of both and probably my exposure to um, yeah, professional sport, semi-professional sport, seeing what happens at that elite level. Um, it was always a dream. And, you know, another thing um, coming from you know, Ballarat, it's, Ballarat's a country town, uh, but Horsham's... Regional. A, yeah. <laughs> Hors- Horsham is a... A remote town? No, no, it's not remote. <laughs> it's even more regional. Um, and we always used to, you know, the kids in the big smoke, um, they get, you know, kissed on the bum a little bit with all the house. Um, not a, yeah, they have easier access yes. um, to specialist services. Um, and, you know, when you're in, in the country, you have to travel to, to get access to that stuff. Um, so it was always in the back of my mind, how can we support local athletes, um, you know, wanting to push um, as high as they can um, without having to go to Melbourne? Um, and so as a part of that, or how can we make, you know, how can we put everything in one spot to help these athletes the best? Um, and to, to do that, yeah, we need strength conditioning. We need good physiotherapists. We need the dietetics. Um, we need the sports science stuff. Um, so it's almost trying to create like a, a regional institute of sport really mm. um, just to, yeah, so the, the little little country kids can uh, can battle it out with the big, the big smoke. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's massively important. So I even know... Um, from my very limited athletic ability as a junior, um, I was big into tennis um, when I was sort of very, very young. So sort of you know, late primary school, early high school. Um, I sort of found there the biggest thing for me was, uh, yeah, if I wanted to try and make it to that next step, um, yeah, it was always, you know, trips to Melbourne or um, if there was any injuries and things like that, it was, you know, specialists down there. Yes. Yeah. Um, I found it really, really hard, obviously, to balance that, you know, with school and things like that um so yeah to have that here today um for the athletes that we have obviously yeah that's that's fantastic for them it's really cool to to see them prosper in that yeah kind of and then like i think it's it's going to continually benefit um yeah like ballarat but the whole western victoria community um yeah we travel to Horsham, hamilton warnable um all, all across those areas so and we're just trying to yeah provide those services across the region i guess um and then the the big one integrating the snc and physio together um, it just works so well at the professional level. Why can't it work, you know, in, in Ballarat? Um, and so that's what we've, um, yeah, really trying to integrate um, and had massive success with um, from the ability of the, so as an athlete, if you have um, ACL reconstruction, for example, 
you know, three or four days after your operation, um, you know, people are coming in, they'll see the physio, um, the treatment room is on the gym floor. So they walk straight out of the treatment room onto the gym floor um, and they get stuck into their rehab straight away. Mm. Um, then that integrates all the way through to, you know, then when they're back healthy and they want to slam dunk, well, that's when they're working with our performance staff um, from that side of things. So, yeah, and I think that's massive as well. Um, even just anecdotally being on the floor, you know, um, I can only imagine what that's like for people going through their rehab and just the environment that they're in. Like we're so lucky that the community is almost sort of uh, grown itself. Like it's, it's almost yeah. a living thing in and of itself without our sort of uh, overlook or anything like that. So the athletes that are in there, the people that are in there yeah. um, are always, you know, super friendly, super driven. And obviously for someone who's, you know, unfortunately gone through something like an ACL or, or you know, any sort of major operation, something like that, and they're yeah. starting their rehab, to be in that environment is obviously, you know, so helpful, so important to, to your success. Yeah, well, and particularly, so particularly if we just stay on the rehab side of things, like, um, yeah, rehab is a, a, a really lonely place. Um, and so if we can create a, a friendly, welcoming environment where there's, uh, like-minded people all yeah, driven to, you know, yes, make themselves better, um, but also to help each other out. Um, it just, yeah, it's yeah, really supportive environment and, and that's how they, why they get um, the success that they do, which is yeah, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Chris, I wanted to also touch on um, just some, some lessons that you've taken personally. Um, obviously, we've had the, the story of Chris, so how you've sort of, you know, come to where you are today. Yep. Um, but obviously within that as well, you know, it's important to kind of consider, I guess, um, how your experiences and the experiences of the people around you have impacted the business in the long run. Um, so just give me some examples. What are some things that you've sort of um, learned from different environments that you've been in um, personally and how, how have you sort of adapted that into, you know, the world of Rad, the business world? Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose uh, well, the num- number one thing I reckon is, uh, is the importance of relationships. Um, and that's both with, um, you know, coach to, to athlete relationship, but also within our staff. Um, and, and a big thing that we, you know, the, the all blacks always, they sort of go on about, you know, no dickheads. I mean, that's a sort of a similar principle in, in terms of when we're hiring and even in terms of the, the people we like to work with, they just need to be a really good person, um, first and foremost. And I think that is then a flow and effect of why we have such a good culture, both within our staff team. Um, but then with it, within the community that comes in uh, and utilizes our services, um, yeah, it just works really well from there. Um, and I think that's something, yeah, probably from my parents, I guess, you know, always just be a good person um, and sort of puts you in good stead. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, and then probably some other ones is just the importance of and flow off the back of being a good person. Um, just maintaining good or to grow your network, be a good person and, and you sort of be introduced to lots of good people along the way. Um, and be happy and, and open-minded to, to take advice from from everyone. I mm. mean, um, you sort of just take bits and pieces to then apply into your own setting. Yeah, that willingness to the willingness to learn, I think, yes. is, is massive, not just from uh, an athlete's point of view, but also from a coach. Like, yeah. I know myself coming in here, young coach, um, you know, when I was first starting off and um, obviously – you know, we, we hear it a lot, but, you know, great people make great coaches. Um, and, you know, I was fortunate enough to be in that environment at the time and grow not only as a coach, but as a person. Yep. But I think the biggest thing, yeah, for, for everyone in that environment is just that willing that willingness to learn, yep. um, to really sort of try and be better and, and have the humility, I suppose, to take that step back and, and listen to what people have to say um, yes. and really sort of try and apply it. Yeah, and I think probably the other thing is um, from, a, from my personal point of view, realising that, you know, the, for myself to grow and for the business to grow, like keep surrounding yourself with really good people. Um, I know that's sort of, yeah, cliche and whatnot, but it, like, it, it, it works. Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm no good at something, 
um, you know, that's why I keep surrounding myself with all these other good people. Um, and that's how we can keep expanding and, and growing from there. Um, so yeah, adding, yeah, identifying strengths and weaknesses and, and then trying to capitalize on that from there. Absolutely. Um, well, speaking of the future, yeah. um, so yeah, we've got the story now from, from the very get go, um, the little shed right to where we're here, you know, today, um, yeah. What does the future look like for Rad? So obviously we're kicking off here with the podcast. Um, it's very likely we'll, you know, have world domination with that in, in a few months' time, I'm sure. Hopefully there's an episode two. That's a st- <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, look, obviously now, now that you're in all these different, you know, facets of the industry yep. um, and you're starting to, to really flesh out what you want Rad to look like, um, what does the future hold? Um, well, I think for a start it's, um, yeah, capitalising on all the good work we've done over the past What's it sort of been five or six years, um, and, and at the moment, we, like we still feel as though we're we're laying the groundworks, and um, everything's just starting to get. It's almost like a bit of a flywheel effect. Hopefully, we're putting so much time um, building a really strong foundation, and that's something that's really important to us. Um, that you know, strong foundation with staff connections, um, with systems and processes, and all that sort of thing. Because our number one focus from us is um, when an athlete walks in the door, every single person on our team knows their name what sport they play their dog did they go surfing on the weekend um they hurt their little toe like we want to make sure everyone knows that and so we've got these good systems and processes in place to um yeah then enable us to keep growing from there um and so yeah so nail what we're doing in ballarat but then yeah uh, also helping the rest of the you know western victorian region um so at the moment we're going to horsham every fortnight and what that looks like in the new year we'll flesh out in, in the coming weeks um, but yeah, a big focus for us is just to keep helping as many people as we can who want to be their best. Um, that's the other thing. So, um, you know, we specialize in optimizing human performance. That's sort of what we like to say we do. Um, and that, so what is, you know, what is optimizing human performance? What does that look like? It could be the 16 year old kid that wants to slam dunk. It might be the 22 year old girl that's ruptured her ACL and wants to get back to playing netball. Um, or it might be the, the 40 year old, um, guy who wants to run a quicker lap of the lake. Um, we just want to work with, um, you know, driven, motivated people who want to be their best because um, I think that's how that elevates us as a staff to be our best, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I think the the big word there that probably stood out for me was just the, the care. Yep. So obviously, yeah, if you take interest in it and you genuinely are um, interested in what people are doing and, and what they have to say and, and their own individual stories – um, for me, that's probably been you know the biggest underlying factor in you know success, not only as a coach but as a clinician, as a physiotherapist, um, even as an athlete. Because um, yeah. if you sort of surround yourself with people that have that like-mindedness, um, and you know you, you can show that care and you can receive it back, um, that's obviously the easiest way to grow. Yeah, and like as a team, like we're always you know trying to go above and beyond to both yeah, you know, like staff to staff, um, but then particularly with the the athletes that we're working with, whether. You know, it's um, a girl's first game of netball following an injury, um, whether it's, uh, you know, super exciting, a couple of boys got drafted this week. Mm. Um, you know, just being able to be there, be there for those big moments um, or it might be um, someone's run a, a PB in a, in a marathon or something like that. Um, yeah, always being over the, the top of all that sort of stuff is it's the little one percenters um, and that's sort of what we pride ourselves on for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, fantastic. Well, I think we've come to the end. Um, we've got one more segment to go through though, and it's possibly nice. the most important one. Yep. Um, Radders, we're going to need a, a couch review. 
So it is a comfy couch. Yeah. So we've got a few sort of different things that we need to tick off here. Um, a few criteria, if you will. Um, I just want to score out of 10 for each one. So this will be, this is a growing part of the podcast as the podcast is growing itself. Yep. All right. So yeah, we're, like that. we're under construction. We're just working through, you know, um, ironing everything out, fine tuning. So yep. um, for starters, just give me a score out of 10. I want ergonomics. So how does it, how does it feel? It's pretty comfy. I'll give it a 8.5. 8.5. Um, talk to me about the material out of 10. So it's a nice soft fabric. Um, and I like the color as well. Mm-hmm. Go, go 8.5 again. 8.5. All right. Talk to me about comfort. Is it firm? Is it soft? Do you prefer that? No, you could you could sleep on this couch. Uh-huh. I'd yep. go nine. A nine? Yep. All right. And um, to tie it all together then, um, the overall experience of, of the couch, if you were to give it a number out of 10, hit me with it. Yeah, well, it has to be. No, go nine. A nine out of 10. I'm biased because I bought it. But <laughs> <laughs> But it is a good couch though. It's a great couch. Well, look, I'm looking forward to having a lot more guests on the couch. Um, but for this episode, Radders, that's all we have time for today. Um, Perfect, thank Nancy. you very much for your time. Um, and thank you to everyone out there who's come along for our first episode. Um, as I said, I'm super excited to kick this off. We've got heaps of content lined up for you guys. Um, some awesome guests. We're looking forward to all of that. But that is all we have time for today. And we'll see you back in the lab for the next episode very soon.